Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition. The visitors to St James's Park on Saturday are Fulham. Now I'm joined by Fulham fan Mark Watt. Mark, how are you doing? Yeah, really well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. So Mark uh, works for our sister site down in London, Football London. So he does, uh, I suppose he covers kind of all the clubs and he's also had a history of covering Southampton and Brighton. I think you were on the podcast last season and I can't remember, was it for the Brighton game perhaps? There was one of the games you've been on the other things back on my podcast and provided excellent insight. But this is going to be a little bit different because you're going to provide the insight as a fan. And I tell you what, watching Fulham over the last two games, you must be rather enjoying your time as a Fulham fan. Yeah, and uh, and let me tell you, as a Fulham fan, you, you take what you can get as well. So um, the last couple of results have been uh, have been pretty much dreamland. I've been lucky enough to be at the cottage for them as well. So to see us score five goals unanswered, you know, Forest and, and West Ham are no mugs either. And, and, and every game in the Premier League is tough. So, yeah, it's um, kind of on cloud nine at the moment for those two games. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I have to say, after Newcastle's week of results are the way they've conceded goals and I know they've been away for for two of those uh, games but I'm a little bit worried from a Newcastle point of view you know conceding goals against Everton and Spurs in the manner they did and then towards the end of the game against AC Milan obviously dumped out of Europe altogether their confidence is probably going to be a, a little bit low they're going to be tired they're going to be shattered I think if you're Marco Silva you watched last night and you're saying, hey, we, we can hit Newcastle here. Their, their mood's going to be as low as a snake's belly. And also, like I say, they're fatigued. There's a big opportunity, I think, for Fulham, not only to win, potentially, but to do it in a similar style that they have done the previous two games. That's how that's how down in the dumps I'm feeling about this. Well, I, I, again, like I said, you just you can't, you can't get carried away as a Fulham fan. And no, I've been to St. James's Park, and I've sat up in those skies, and I've seen us lose... So many times at St James's Park, um, so I'm, I'm not going to get carried away. And, it's, and it always seemed to be there must have been a run of three or four times I went up there, where it was always in the 90th minute as well. It was Papis Cisse that got one in the 90th minute. I think Ben Arthur got one late on as well, and it used to always happen to me. Um, so you know, fingers crossed for for us that we we can go and get a good result. And you're right, the timings do seem quite nice, um, but yeah, you know, our away form hasn't been fantastic this year in the Premier League. Um, and Newcastle, you know, there's still so much quality in the team. So I'm not getting carried away in any slight. I can see why people are getting a bit nervous. I think we are. I think all the praise is warranted. I don't think it's a flash in the pan for Fulham. I do think we're actually looking like a really well-oiled unit now. I think Marco Silva's got this team. He'd already had it playing well last year, but there was a lot of change over the summer and stuff. So I think he's finally starting to see a lot of what he wants from this side. So there is hope. Um, but yeah, I'm not getting carried away yet. It was Isaac, wasn't it? The last time you guys visited here, you scored yeah, yeah. in the in, in the late in the game. That was for me kind of a, a really important win for Newcastle night because the results hadn't really been going their way, and there wasn't any pressure on any how's anyhow at all. But it felt like a game we really had to win, and and, and he did win very late on. And you, you are right, Newcastle's home form is 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 fantastic. Only Liverpool have have won here this season, and really Newcastle should have seen that out. But I just wonder. With everything that's gone on over the last seven days or so, that mood, it feels like a defining period coming up. This feels like a really important game for Newcastle. How do they bounce back from going out into the cha- going out of the Champions League in such devastating fashion? But also the the, the previous two results against Everton and Fulham, Everton and uh, Tottenham. Sorry, you know they've not performed very well. They're not likely to have too many players back either. So it, it's going to be a test of Eddie Howe to get these players. 
you know, up to a level of, of, of performance to where they can beat Fulham. How have Fulham suddenly found form? How have they suddenly found their goal-scoring form? Yeah, well, well, this is it. I think they always had a level of understanding of how to play under Marco Silva because they, they did so brilliantly in the championship when they, when they got promoted two years ago. And then last year was was really good as well from, from their standards and, and kind of adapting. But, you know, you lose Alexander Mitrovic over the summer and, and it's all anyone could talk about. And Marco Silva was finally, after these last two games, like, can people finally stop asking me now? Because, you know, we, we've proved we can finally do it without him. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's a lot of players kind of finding their feet at the same time. Um, Alex Awobi is playing the, the, the best he has so far for us this season. Raul Jimenez has obviously started to score goals as well. Um, Tim Ream has kind of dropped out and we've had Tosan Adarabio and Calvin Bassi as centre-backs and there's a little bit more pace there, which which perhaps give Fulham a little bit more of, um, you know, a, a licence to get forward knowing that they're not going to get caught out. You know, Tim Ream, he, he's been a fantastic servant for, for a decade now at Fulham, but he's not the fastest. Um, and playing so much as he was at the start of the season with injuries meant that, you know, Fulham were, you know, they had to be a little bit more conservative, I think. Uh, but yeah, what you've seen in the last few games, they did it at Liverpool as well. So it's, it's clearly not something that's limited to the cottage. They went there and scored three goals at Anfield. So, you know, not having to, to worry too much about getting caught back. They've got Castagna and Robinson and, and Kenny Tete as well as fullback options who are also very quick and really good at recovery. And then you've got that base in midfield of, of Polina and, and Harrison Reed who naturally like to sit a little bit deeper, don't get involved too much in the forward play and let those kind of attackers get on with it. So in a nutshell, I think it's yeah, it's, it's a, a gelling of new players that came this summer trying to hit their form. Uh, and then, yeah, a couple of players come back from injury and things start to look a little bit more rosier than perhaps they did off the top of my head when we lost 3-0 at home to Brentford at the start of the season, which I'm still not over. <laughs> I can tell. But the, the, the seem to be playing without any baggage, seem to be just enjoying their football. And when you can do that as a football club, you know, it, it is a massive benefit and it, it, it's paying, paying off of all the goals that they are scoring. And you know, you, you've listed a few players there um, that Fulham have got. I always ask about the, the main man that Newcastle United would have to stop. I suspect you could name quite a few because I'm just thinking about the players that I would love to see in the black and white of Newcastle. Polina is one of them. Uh, Robinson, I think, is a fantastic fullback. Uh, you know, Tom Kearney could could do a, a job as a, a, a squad player. And I love William as well. I know he's getting on a bit, but I mean, he is tremendous for his age. A really good Premier League player. And I'm so glad that he ended up stopping in the Premier League. Uh, but who is the main man that Newcastle will have to stop on Saturday? Well, you know, you're completely right there. I mean, before it was almost the easiest job for any opposition writer ever, just to say, Alexander Mitrovic, you know, stick three people on him and you'll probably keep Fulham at bay. But but now, yeah, you're right. And it, it's not something that I don't think Marco Silva would have planned and said, you know, uh, we, we don't have a, maybe a central figure anymore, but it's, it's just been that shared responsibility. So it's difficult to answer your question. I, I'd probably say Yao Polina, but then you, I know you want like an attacker that's going to score goals, but Polina is just so phenomenal and it's, you know, it's no surprise that Bayern Munich wanted him so badly in the summer and they're probably going to come back in for him very soon as well. Um, so, yeah, he just makes everything tick. And he's one of those players that regardless if you're, you know, whichever club you support, you can always pick out, you know, a, a supremely talented player like that. And they always do stand out in these kind of teams, I think. But Palini is one that will probably go higher up than Fulham. There's probably no doubt about it and still perform at that level. So stopping him is, is going to be massive for Newcastle because when he wants to, which is most of the time, he dictates games, he breaks up play, he gets forward, he's got a goal in him. He is very much a late bloomer. Obviously, he's 27, 28 now, I think, and came to the Premier League quite late. But 
he's making up for lost time, it seems, because every single time he puts on the Fulham shirt, it's an eight or a nine out of 10 performance. I love watching him. I think he's absolutely tremendous. Doesn't give the opposition midfield any time on the ball. And it is great to see it. Just like a kind of an old fashioned defensive midfield. I know he says he gets forward, but just someone who can get the foot in and isn't scared yeah. of, the, of the tackle. And, you know, the viewpoint of many Newcastle United fans is that they are lacking that kind of number six, someone who can dictate the play without advancing too too much forward. And I think if Newcastle United fans had the pick of any midfielder, a realistic option, you know, he would potentially be one to arrive in January. Although, as you say, um, by Munich yeah. come knocking, um, you might uh, you might end up over in in Germany. I mean, we we could talk about you know Harry Wilson all of a sudden finding the back of the net. Um, Alex Wobie obviously coming from in from Everton. They are, I mean, there's just an abundance of talent there. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it it's the depth as well, which is really promising to see. You mentioned Harry Wilson, who was fantastic in the Championship, and then maybe last season didn't really get off the ground as much as some of the other players did in the Premier League. But but he has, you know, talent in abundance. We said about Tom Cairney as well. He's someone who's gone through kind of dips in the last few years. He's struggled with injury, but now he's kind of finding his feet as as a player kind of without any shackles. He's been the club captain for ages. And, and I think in some ways that's limited him. And, you know, maybe he's he's wanted to be more reserved. But the Tom Kearney we've seen in the last couple of weeks, he's playing with freedom. He wants to get the ball up onto his left foot. And, and, you know, I think that Harry Wilson goal against West Ham last time out was the perfect example of that. He wins it in midfield, gets his head up, finds a space, picks the pass and then lets the forwards do the rest. And I think that's what Fulham have been doing really well recently is everyone knows their roles, their structure. And then you've got those players I mentioned before, it was Iwobi, Pereira and Willian, I think, that started in those three midfield roles. But then you have the likes of Harry Wilson and, and Bobby Deckeldover reed and uh, Carlos Vinicius as well, all finishers that come on and, and actually affect the game. So I think they're in a strong position at the moment. And fingers crossed that all those players in rotation can keep kind of producing in the, the way they have. That's something Newcastle just don't have at the moment. You know, the luxury to rotate and we saw it. Uh, impact, especially in the, this last week against AC Milan, Eddie Howe was able to bring Sean Longstaff off the bench. Uh, Callum Wilson started in place of Isaac Damsley came back. But you could kind of see, um, you could kind of see. Have you got have you got a little four legged uh, friend there with you? I do have my little dash on with me. Yeah, I might have to while, while he goes crazy. One, we, so we just had a little interlude there because Mark's uh, lovely little dog was making a bit of an appearance. Lovely little dog called Pebble. So thank you to the postman for that perfectly timed drop of the letters. Um, I was just complaining, Mark, about Newcastle's inability to switch things up because of the injuries. Against AC Milan, we had Sean Longstaff back. We had Dan Byrne uh, involved, Callum Wilson starting. So a few players starting to come back from injury, but you looked at them and you thought, they're not fit. You know, they're, they're, they're especially not match fit. They might be ready to be involved in and, I can't really see much changing over the next, what, two days or so. Anthony Gordon comes off, uh, was subbed off because he picked up a knock. Kieran Trippier can't play because he's suspended. So things aren't looking too good for Newcastle. And I'm trying to find a bit of positivity because I've, t- I've talked up Fulham so much. But I am feeling rather nervous uh, about Saturday. I guess one thing that you could hope for from Newcastle point of view and one thing that Marco Silva will potentially be very wary of is kind of that wounded animal. Uh, reaction, yeah. you know, they've gone out of the Champions League, they've missed out on the Europa League from a position in which they really shouldn't have done, uh, considering with half an hour ago they were pretty much in, in control of that game. So, hopefully, Newcastle, uh, you know, on Saturday 
you know, the, the, the one to really put everything behind them this week because it has been horrible week. And Marco Silva will be hoping that Newcastle aren't that wounded animal kind of type. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I watched the new, I watched the AC Milan game as well. And, and like you said, it was towards the end there, and you're bringing on players, and you're thinking that's not they're not making enough of an impact, are they? In terms of getting fit and being ready for that. Um, lovely to see former Fulham player Dan Byrne uh, come on, though. Um, you know, we loved him during his time at, uh, at Craven Cottage. So hopefully, it'll be good to see him uh, on this game. But yeah, like you said, it's one of the biggest fears I always think as well is is that kind of bounce back ability and especially away from home. Maybe it would be different if Newcastle were coming to Craven Cottage. I think it would, you know, maybe we could carry on that form. But, you know, I can see this being, hopefully not a boring game, because Fulham have a, a, ten, a kind of tendency that if it's a boring game, they'll concede late on, which is what we seem to do all the time at St. James's, like I said earlier. Um, but no, I, can, I completely see that. And I think there's, there's quality enough in the team still. I know suspensions and injuries and it's nowhere near the first 11, but, you know, you've got to hope, or Eddie Howe has got to hope, that this is the time that you really see some character from these players. And you, like you said, it's been a difficult week for them and they've got to get back on it. You know, there's still a long way to go in the season. There's no option for them to kind of sign out now at all without with all the things that are ahead of them in the season. So um, I think Marco Silva will be very aware of that. But Fulham are one of the teams under Marco Silva that don't change for anyone, which is something that, you know, as a fan, you love to see. It's usually reserved for the club's at the very top of the table, who can afford to play that kind of style and never, never change because they don't need to. Um, but it's something that you know it's been fantastic for us. You know we've been able to every game we go to, we know we're going to put it in. You know we might lose four three at Anfield, but you know I think a lot of Fulham fans would take that as opposed to getting cream two 0 where you just sit back and and you know absorb shots. So I'm expecting it to be a really entertaining game. Um, it could be quite open as well, and and you know hopefully we get a lot of goals, which is seemingly what. Fulham fans get a lot of recently, which I'm not going to get bored of saying for a while. Um, but yeah, I think it's really poised quite nicely. If we were going to go up there at any point, then, you know, in the midst of an injury crisis, getting knocked out of Europe, it's probably the best time we could go up there, to be honest. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. So it sounds like, though, you're expecting Fulham to take the game to Newcastle? I think you have to. I, I, don't, I can't see us going there and, and sitting back based on all the things we've just said about injuries and, and suspensions and these kind of things and fitness. I think they really, if they want to get three points, they, they've got to go for it. There's simply no other option for them. And I think based on the last few games as well, I think Marco Silva would be crazy to put the handbrake on now after what we've seen, you know, after the points that, that Fulham have managed to take at home, I'm sure he's thinking, right, well, let's go and try this out on the road and, and see what we can, we see what we can come up with. And, you know, if, if they can go and get a result, I mean, a draw would be fantastic. I think that's a math, that would be a massive result for Fulham. But given the circumstances, I think I think Fulham fans would be quite annoyed if we went up there and watched the team sit back against this Newcastle side. You know, I, I think they've got more to give than that. Well, it certainly will be a, an interesting game. Um, I'm hoping that there's not many goals in, in Newcastle. Can I'll take a one 0 win like last season? To be fair, I, th- I remember it being an absolute terrible game. Uh, it, was, it was the Mitrovic double foot penalty, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, so it had yeah, that yeah. little. Bit, what do you uh, mean, Shirley? Oh, we're going to get onto that Mitrovic stuff, yeah. Remember but yes, that. it was, yeah, yeah. That right. was uh, another tough result as well. Um, in terms of Fulham's main weakness, I know you guys are riding high, but come on, share the secret. What's their main weakness? Well, I think our defence is quite good against kind of physical players. I think we, we seem to hold our own quite well when it's a bit of a scrap. We've got a lot of players in there that, you know, can handle themselves. Jalpalino in the box and he does fine. But then, you know, the centre backs we do have Tim Ream, Mr. Diop, Calvin Batty, they're all big guys. They're all they're all fine. When when teams kind of 
you know, get intricate with it and, and, and pass it around. It, it's not something that we deal terribly with, but it's definitely the, the probably the weak point of, of the back four. I think you've got full backs that like to bomb forward. You've got centre backs who, although are quite mobile, perhaps aren't the most technically gifted at, at reading the game. Uh, and we've seen them cut open a couple of times. Even against West Ham in that 5-0 win, there was a few moments where kind of the ball fell to Jared Bowen where, you know, there was no one anywhere near him. So I think it's about being able to be concentrated for 90 minutes. And Marco Silva says to the players all the time, you've got to be the most switched on when you've got the ball. Because it's, it's the way that, that Fulham get counted on and, and, and teams can pass around them quite quickly where they look really, where they're running back towards their own goal and they kind of look a bit stressed and a bit worried. So I'd say that's probably the thing that you'd be most worried about, especially if, like I said, I'm expecting them to kind of try and play a little bit more expansively and try and get out into Newcastle's half. Then I'd say that that is the worry. And with players... Well, I guess going to say players like Anthony Gordon, maybe not so much, but you know there are still players in that team that, that are more than capable of picking a pass and being able to thread full of open, maybe on a counter scenario. Yeah, I think Newcastle. What they have to do on on Saturday is get an early goal and kind of try and put the game to bed in the first half because the game wears on, they get tired, they get fatigued, and that's when the opposition can really hurt them. And they've been defending very poorly. Of late, losing Nick Pope hasn't helped. The defense doesn't look organized. It looks it looks a little bit chaotic. Um, but fingers crossed from Newcastle's point of view, they can continue what has been a great run at home in the Premier League. And and, and goodness knows they do uh, need a win. On Marco Silva, is there a bit more of a connection now? You think Mark between the fans and the manager, given that he turned down the riches of Saudi Arabia? Because I mean that saga ran on and on and on and on. There were some big. Yeah. Uh, figures being mentioned and trying to get him over to Saudi Arabia, but he turned it down and he's in the dugout and, and, and working miracles at the cottage. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's probably the best scenario he could have had. Uh, you know, no one wants to lose their, their top striker over the summer. and But I think for Marco, having, having that whole Mitrovic saga going on whilst he was also being courted, perhaps made it a little bit easier, especially in terms of the fans and being able to yeah, okay, Mitrovic is going. That's a shame, but I'm sticking around. I think that was a big thing for a lot of fans. And, you know, we've had our fair share of of you know, going through managers as, as every club does. And so when you do find one that, that not only works with the football side of things, but also really resonates with the fans, you never want to lose them, do you? So, yeah, I was really worried over the summer that, that he might go, not even to Saudi Arabia. I thought for a minute that Spurs were going to come in for him. There was talks about that before they got Ange Postacoglu and, and other clubs. But... You know, you know, we call him a genius because he is a genius. He's he's done things at Fulham that very, very few managers have ever done for us before. Even in the in, even in our best days of getting to the Europa League final and, and you know and consistently being in the Premier League, I don't think we ever played football quite as as, as nice and attacking in, in in some stages that we have under Marcus Silva. So yeah, we're thrilled to have him, and and yeah, his stock couldn't really be much higher at the moment. To be honest, I just love how happy you are. I mean, I don't love it. Two days before the new that's, Newcastle. That's, that's me, actually, I'll tell you, after all these years of watching Fulham, they don't always make me this happy. <laughs> well, hopefully, Newcastle wipe the, the smile off your face, uh, Mark. Yeah, I'm sure you and all your listeners are hoping to do that. Don't yeah, worry. Getting everything crossed. I've mentioned, um, it feels like I mentioned it every single opportunity I get, the injury crisis. But who are you most worried about from Newcastle point of view? Is there one player that stands out? Uh, like we say, Anthony Gordon might be the, the, the man you, you would choose, but he hasn't looked himself of late and we wait and see whether he does indeed uh, miss out. Eddie Howe's press conference will be on, on Friday morning and, and we'll hopefully get an update then. But is there a player that, you, that you're fearing? 
Well, I said earlier about the midfield battle that I thought was probably going to be the, the, the big thing with Yalpolinia. So, so I guess I'd probably have to pick a Newcastle midfielder. Bruno is obviously one that, you know, seen him up close a, a fair few times that worries me. And, and, and you've got Callum Wilson as well, plays further forward. That I don't know why about what it is about Callum. I, I love him. I think he's a fantastic striker. I loved him at all his previous clubs. And when he went to Newcastle, I thought, brilliant. I was really excited to see him play. Um, I don't want Isak to do well after what he did to us last time. Uh, but no, I'd say, yeah, it's the spine of the team for me. And it always has been. I know there's some nice flair players that play out wide and, and Miguel Almiron. I, I used to cover Crystal Palace and uh, I don't know if you remember the goal he scored against Palace at home a few years ago. It seems like he always seems to turn up whenever I'm covering a game that he plays in. Um, so yeah, but there, there are quite a few. And, and like you said, even though there's an injury crisis, you can still pick uh, pick an abundance of quality in that team. So yeah, probably through the spine, I'd say, with, with Bruno. Yeah, the, the midfield battle will certainly be key, you would think. Um, all that remains to be done, then, Mark, is to get your prediction. How is Saturday going to go? Well, I've come on these podcasts uh, covering different clubs that aren't the team I support. And I'm always very, very smart with my predictions. I never like to go crazy with them. I always go quite sensible. But with Fulham, all the rules go out the window for me. So, you know, we've won 5-0 in our last two games. We're just going to go 5-0 again, I think. Do you know what? I am fearing the the realistic outcome of this game. And that scoreline, I think, is is maybe within the realms of possibility because of everything that's, that's gone on. And I'm sorry to, to, to our listeners, to my listeners, you'll be thinking this is the last thing I need to hear after Newcastle comes out of you. But I am feeling down, down, down. And hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully you're wrong. I can see Fulham winning on Saturday and I can see them winning by quite a few goals. Maybe not 5-0, but I can certainly see Newcastle conceding uh, two or three. I just think this is probably going to be a game too far for them. And that's not what I want to say and not what I want to say given they've got Chelsea in the League Cup and you know the festive period is, is coming uh, thick and fast. But hopefully my down in the dumps mood, my uh, negativity doesn't ring true and hopefully, Mark, your prediction doesn't ring true. But... Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll be feeling like a lot of Newcastle United fans are right now. But I hope in Newcastle you can pick up a win against Fulham on Saturday. Thank you, Mark, for popping onto the podcast. Much appreciated. And to you guys listening, please hit subscribe and follow through whichever platform you join us on. And head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news. Mm-hmm.